This is a fourth hand production. We captured some things in season three. Uh, I don't know how people are going to be able to argue with them. I mean, wow. Wow. Uh, you know, Dang. it's, uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't even wait because there, there are two specific things in particular, oh, three, four, four things. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps getting higher. <laughs> yeah. Four things. No, season three. Go on. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental you know governmental I don't you know, know planes man. that they're building? And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. This weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome to Strange Uncles. I happen to be Shane. I happen to be Bert Kreischer. <laughs> Bert, pleased to meet you. Put your My shirt on, Clark. Bert. I'm just Clark kidding. Wiffelstein. Uh, I've just been hearing that. Oh, and uh, we got Josh over there. I've just been hearing that, like, at least three times a week for that, the past like that, six months. That guy, his what? name? Why? Bert Kreischer. Oh. Weird. Just, I mean, I I like him, but sure, no, there's yeah. I I got I don't got a problem with the guy. He's hilarious. He's funny. Um, I didn't know who he was until people started telling me, you know, who you look like. So oh. I I work at a bar, so I see the general <laughs> okay. public every now day, every single day. I see like a whole majority random new people, and like I've started to just stop. Hey, you know who you look like? I'm like Burt Kreischer, and they're like, yeah. They're like, oh, you've heard it before. I'm like, literally, I heard it 15 minutes ago. <laughs> you're you're not a new one on this fucking train, people. So that's funny. No. I mean, you both you both have beards, I guess. Mm. Both have beards. I wear a hat. Um, my shirt is on, and I'm probably 200 pounds lighter. I was gonna say, Easily. if you ran around with a at beard least belly, 100 pounds off. lighter. Uh, okay, that's like close at to the least 100 picture. pounds lighter. My kid would not I, trying to dig on. <laughs> oh no, he's Bert awesome. Christ, I mean, we uh, yeah. might as well. Yeah, shit. Sure. Oh, Why he not? came to Spokane actually like a month or so ago. Uh, it was a pretty yeah. good show. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, I don't even mind that people say I look like him because after I looked at him and <laughs> knew who he was and like watched his comedy, I'm like, eh, I mean, I guess I kind of do look like him. Okay. Yeah, I get I it. We've got like the same eye shape and everything, but <laughs> I don't know why that like randomly came to me while. It, that in her introduction no happened. yeah that's fine hey welcome to strange uncles with uh, like, shane you know. josh and bert and so here we are um What's up, guys i'm uh, far less funny but here i am anyway <laughs> yeah right well when i was younger yeah, there when, I was go. younger, when my kid was younger he used to you look just like ed sheeran i'm like shut up dude no I, <laughs> no i do not nice try so you know far i never far get from told i look like anybody in that fucking rules which is no nice. you look like so. every bald white guy oh yeah. uh, there you go. Boo, hiss, boo. <laughs> you look Actually, like Scott Van. Where is Scott Van Pelt? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had Scott Van Pelt's money. Yeah, me too. Um, oh, actually, God. someone did one time sit, ask me if I'd ever been told I looked like a young Gerald McCraney. And oh, I, was like, I see that. 
So are we that. still friends then, or what? <laughs> who the hell's Gerald McCraney? Major Simon dad, and Simon? Bro. Major Dad. Who the hell's Major Dad? Simon and Simon. He was in the A-Team God reboot, damn. right? Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, in the yeah. A-Team. He's been in fucking everything. Know, if you see his face, you you go, oh, that's Gerald McCraney. It, yeah. it will come to you, for sure. So Yeah, but he's like typical old bald dude, usually plays some type of like former like veteran because he's gruff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Him and his voice. That's that's the thing. So anyway. Well, there you go. We all have an alter ego. But he's also been bald since he was like twelve. So <laughs> well, that's, that's what I was like together. <laughs> what do you mean a young Gerald McCraney motherfucker? Oh, this right? guy? <laughs> you guys know that guy's name? Yeah, of course. Who doesn't know him? Well, well I grew you. up watching Simon and Simon. I, do I don't even know Simon what Simon and Simon, Simon is, but uh, I know like who a, that actor is. It was a uh, detective show, wasn't it? Show. Yeah, it shows Simon and Simon, Major Dad, Promised Land, and House of Cards. I, I Yeah, I've definitely seen him in a lot of things. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Problem solved. No uh, you don't look like him at Thank all. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> also, some random girl told me I looked like Emilio Estevez one time, and I what? Really oh. don't understand how that happened. It was back in the day. It was back in the Kilby days. How do we I don't think even in the Kilby Court days, you no, uh, you've never, never looked, looked thing like Emilio Estevez or Charlie Sheen ever. or no. Martin. Sh- like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, somebody told me yeah. the other day I look like Danny Glover, but, you know, there's that. So <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I mean, they've I got they're on to something there. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, it's spitting image, spitting <laughs> image. I'm just saying now. So anyway, I don't know how we got on this conversation, but welcome to Strange Uncles. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, we got a good one for you guys, I think, today. We just got out of an interview with uh, somebody that's really kind of awesome. He's been on the show before. Um, We can dive into that a bit, but uh, I didn't know if you guys had anything to talk about prior or, you know, kind of where we're at, what we're doing. Well, Well, shit, it feels like I already talked about everything that was on my mind. (laughs) It did take long whatsoever, so... No, it's cool. Uh, we are about to roll in the interview with Thomas Winterden. So if you guys aren't familiar, uh, and you absolutely should be if you're not, um, he is one of the uh, team members on Secret of Skinwalker Ranch on History Channel. Uh, it actually airs, a new season three airs May 3rd, uh, which I think is Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, this will drop Sunday, so it'll be a few days I after. I think that's Tuesday. Is it a Tuesday? Might be. Tuesday, Wednesday, something around that. Yep, that's a t- that is a week from today. That's a week from today as we record, folks. So yeah, if you have not checked out seasons 1 and 2, um frantically go download those and watch them because they are good to catch up. If you already have caught up, um season 3 is great. And as Thomas kind of alluded to in the interview, I man, boys, I don't know, I'm kind of excited to see what uh <laughs> see what uh, is going to go on in season 3 because it sounds like there's some bangers for sure. Definitely. There always are. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. Uh, I mean, I thought season two blew season one out of the water. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Apparently, season three is just taking that next step. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. It makes me I mean, want to do a summer summer field trip. I know. Yep, we talked about me it. Man. Just go camp on the ranch and just see. Yeah, um, just, I know. Yeah, just, just see leave, what leave me alone. I'm just gonna be in the corner over here. Uh, what could possibly me. go wrong? <laughs> right, <laughs> as said every person, every horror movie ever. So, no, it's just amazing. It's amazing what goes on. And again, you know, if you guys are new listeners, you know, we've been out. We visited the skin, not the ranch itself, but we've been out in that area, um, and we've camped for a couple days at a time. And, and I'll tell you, it, it affects you. It's a weird. 
It's a weird atmosphere. I, I can't explain it. If I didn't move to Salt Lake, I would have never known that it's a thing. Um, you guys, obviously, are homegrown there in Utah, and, and you knew about it prior. But, uh, you know, like Tom said, it, it, it doesn't stop at the ranch. It, it That whole basin is just odd, and it affects you. And it is just – I know that sounds weird. We really try to be very skeptical with this stuff. You know, it's one of the reasons we do the show to you know, kind of weed out the weird stuff. But, man, I tell yeah. you, it's hard to do that with Skinwalker. So. I feel like if anybody that's listened to us for any amount of time knows that at least, I mean, you too as well, but for sure I'm very, very skeptical. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I don't think any of us dive into anything just immediately, you know, like we feel like I look, I don't believe it the first time I look into it and then, you know, it takes time for me to be like, okay, all right, I guess that, that checks out. That checks out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Skinwalker, it and, you know. yeah Skinwalker is definitely one of those places that like weird shit has happened there. And that's undeniable. Yeah. That, well, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, I think we do want to try to find time. I mean, there's going to be a Patreon episode or, or maybe it'll be a show that we'll cover, but um, there's a book and, and I, I thought about bringing it up to Thomas um, the book that came out uh, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon uh, again, it talks about the ranch. It talks about some of the things following members, home stuff like that, which it, it sounds like uh, Thomas had those things occur. Uh, so we're more worried about his safety than anything else, you know, it's, and not just him, but the rest of the team also. Uh, but it's just very strange. And, and I think I'd, we'd like to do an episode in regards to um, the other things, other side stories to that area and, and how it's affected for sure. But, um, you know, we'll yeah. s- we'll see what that looks like. But anyway, I, um, yeah, I don't know. Without further ado, uh, do you guys want to go ahead and roll the interview? Let's do it. All right, everybody. Uh, this interview with Thomas Winterden off Seekers of Skinwalker Ranch. Open the gates. Thomas Winterden is the superintendent of Skinwalker Ranch, overseeing the maintenance of the property, its facilities and equipment, as well as overseeing ranching activities and assisting in investigations. A native of the Uintah Basin, his unique background and experience gives him an in-depth insight into the strange phenomena that occurs at Skinwalker Ranch and the surrounding area, especially his own incredible experiences that have taken place there, which has affected him in some pretty dire ways. Joined by Thomas on History Channel's Secret of Skinwalker Ranch is the owner Brandon Fugel, Researchers Travis Taylor and lead researcher Eric Bard, Chief of Security Brian Arnold, Manager Jim Morris, and caretakers Candace Lind and Tom Lewis. Together, this team has encountered extraordinary events that have unfolded on the ranch, some that have literally been life-changing. We have had Thomas on our show prior, and he has joined us again to give us updates on where the team will focus next, what to expect as Season 3 airs on May 3rd. Thomas, welcome again to Strange Uncles. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Yes. Great, great to see you, you know, and, and something we've said, and I feel we're a broken drum a little bit, uh, you know, we love the show. You know, we've been in the area, we've stayed in the area, we're very aware of, of just that whole atmosphere uh, up there in the Utah Basin and, and that ranch specifically. Um, and, and I guess, you know, if you're okay with it, let's start there. Let's start with, you know, we had John prior to season two, and, um, you know, you had some and it has been showcased in the in the show that you've had some things happen to you occur to you directly um and then there was even some things with just 
maybe emotionally things with your family and, and other items. And, and I guess more than anything, we're just wanting to make sure that how that looks, are you okay? Is your family okay? How, how is all that rolling up for you? <laughs> I guess that's depends on what your definition of okay is, right? <laughs> relative term. That is uh, very relative. True. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're doing good. Um, we're all still alive and kicking and doing well. Um, you know, could be questioned on the sanity side, but uh, yeah, that, we're all healthy and happy. I was a little, uh, maybe not surprised, but I guess a little knowing that there was a season three because I, I feel like when we talked to you, you seemed a little burned out and kind of like just, you know, I, I, you probably had just long day after long day after long day and just everything. So it's good to see uh, that you're, you know, still involved in everything and. Yeah, I hope you're doing good with that. Absolutely. Well, time flies so fast and and it gets so disoriented to me that I can't remember. I mean, if it was right after we filmed season two, um, I then yeah, I think we were all burned out. And uh, you know, at that point, the thought of doing anything else on that ranch was uh, nauseating. But um, mm-hmm. you know, we we get a break. The investigation continues um, even when the cameras aren't there. Well, we amass. I mean, we amass mountains and mountains of data while we're filming. I mean, we're we're just we get so much during the film season, and uh, and Eric literally spending months afterwards trying to digest it and and, and you know figure it out. Mm-hmm. Does he have his own? So you're saying since Eric is the lead researcher and everything, and you have just mountains of data to go through does he have his own kind of team to sift through that data or is he just painstakingly just like going through everything by himself no i mean he he has a team but he does the lion's share of it and Hmm. and a lot of it is to be honest is things that he wants to have eyes on and see um you know we're in the process of of looking at trying to unload some of his responsibilities a little bit and free him up to, to do, you know, more specific tasking, but um, no, Eric, Eric combs through, I mean, terabytes and terabytes of data and the, the pace of filming is, it's so fast paced. I mean, um, we're, we're packing in so many um, experiments, you know, I'll, I'll call them experiments, uh, where we're, we're getting so much data from them, but there's not enough time to thoroughly go through and analyze it before it's time to hit the next experiment. And, mm. uh, and so when we get done filming, he's, he has a lot to go through. And, and as a team, we try to assist him with that and uh, help where we can. But uh, no, he, he, he has a lot of data to go over. Well, and, and, you know, that's a curious question too, on, on that side, you know, you, you know, I can imagine all the, all the research you guys have and, and what Eric is tasked with to do. Um, you know, I can't imagine what ends up on, on the chopping block necessarily, you know, it doesn't end up in the show, but you know, it's still data. It's still there. There's something relevant. Does, does history channel themselves or producers or whatever have you like who, who really decides what actually gets on the, on the, on the block to show? And what, like, you know, we're going to put this over here and we're going to study it or, or do whatever we want to with it. What's that whole situation look like? Well, so Brandon owns every piece of data that comes off the ranch. So whether we're 
whether we're filming or not, not the data belongs to Brando. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get to retain that. So Eric has access to that. Um, and, and occasionally, you know, he'll reach out to the production company and say, Hey, you know, I need this time stamp or I need this piece of footage or I need, you know, he'll make requests from them to, to provide something to him as he's going through and analyzing things. But no, the data belongs to us. As far as who determines, you know, that's the thing is we go out there and we film for several months. And, and when we film, I mean, we're, we're putting in long days, five days a week. We're, we're, we're putting in the hours. And, uh, and so we film a lot. And when you think about the fact that it gets pared down to, to 10 episodes that are, you know, 43 or 45 minutes each, you're, you're, the math comes out to, you know, less than 1% of what we filmed is making it on TV. So, oh, wow. wow. Um, so then, you know, that's, that's really where the compromise is coming in because we film a lot, but it's, it's up to them to decide what they feel is going to be most intriguing to the viewers. Right. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when it comes to the television side, it's all about ratings. Mm-hmm. So sure. Sure. Um, that's where they get their liberty to take and edit out. They, they get to pick, you know, the segments and, and I'll be honest, there's a lot of times I, I know in season two, there was several things that we filmed that as a team, we all felt were incredible. These were amazing things that kind of blew our mind. And, and when season two rolled around, uh, some of those things didn't make it into oh, wow. the television show. And we're like, you gotta be kidding me. Like you guys didn't think that was amazing. <laughs> and they just, they had so much stuff. Something had to be sacrificed. So, yep. and, and we can't even talk about what that stuff is because there's nothing to say that it won't show up in a future season, you know, or future episodes. So, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That was going to be my next question. Actually, <laughs> it was like, well, well uh, now that it's aired, can you talk about it? But yeah, yeah. Like, no, no we could talk like, about the stuff that aired, but as far as the stuff that didn't air, we try to, we try to be really careful with that because, you know, some of it is amazing and the thing about the ranch is we don't make it tap dance on command, right? So that's always been the concern. The ranch go it ebbs and flows. Sometimes there's times of high activity, and there's other times where it goes to sleep, and it, it doesn't seem like we're observing much. We've been very fortunate that we've seen a lot of activity when we've been filming. You know, I I personally believe that the that human presence on there, all that all that activity triggers it and stimulates it, but. Um, we may be looking at one of these days when we're filming and we're not, we're just, you know, the, nothing's happening. Yeah. You and film so, a season and for three months, just yeah. nothing. And that, I was going to be, that was one of my questions is if you guys have somehow figured out how to stimulate the phenomena or if it's still just as random as ever. And the ebb and flow is just as real as it was, you know, five, six years ago. Yeah, I would. I would like to say, oh yeah, we figured out how to do it. But I would be, I would be lying because mm-hmm. um, the fact of the matter is, is if we could, then we could know if we go push this button, then that's going to happen. If we push this button, that's going to happen. And it just doesn't work that way, mm-hmm. and uh, it oh, shows goodness. us what it wants us to see, and uh, and nothing else. So yeah, mm-hmm. and we've been fortunate thus far. But you know, the day may come when they when those. Uh, producers are looking back to previous footage trying to find fillers to uh you know to 
flashback to, right? I was so. going to say, you know how that works? And, and I guess that was my question too, is, you know, is there a plan B for, you know, we're saying, well, 1% of all the, the research is end up in the show, whatever have you, you know, what happens is all this other data, like, and you may or may not know, does Brandon, does he have a, an idea or a plan for something like that? Or, you know, cause again, you, you, everything's important, you know, it's just like any other paranormal investigation. Um, just curious, like, you know, if there's talks around what all that other stuff that's sitting over here on the side, you know? Well, um, so we got to be, we got to differentiate. You you have the data and then you have the film, right? The TV. And, and so we can use the data to help us in our investigation. Mm-hmm. But as far as like TV, you know, how they, how they sort that out, I, I don't know because like we have to be careful of how we use the TV clips and that we can't be Mm -hmm. as you know, I think the production company owns the, the footage. I'm sure they own their film that they've, they use their equipment. on. So, you know, the data, the data that we're collecting during these experiments that that belongs to us, but the actual film that's uh, something. So I don't know. You know, I don't know what the plan is going forward the future. I do know, though, um, you know, we're we are launching. It may have already even launched. Um, um, it may have even launched. I'm not sure, but uh, we're getting ready to launch a portal, a web portal that is going to be. Uh, it's going to be a place where people can go in. Uh, it, it is going to be there, – there'll be a lot of data on the front side, but there'll also be a subscription side to it where you have more access uh, to, you know, additional data that mm-hmm. that um, we're collecting outside of the TV show, right? Yeah. So this is yeah. – uh, that's, that's incredible. incredible. Yeah. I, yeah. I, in fact, I think I stumbled on that today because um, it's popped up on Google, but it, it didn't – it doesn't look like it's active if that's what you're talking about. But it is – it's something that I haven't seen before, and it's – I think it looks – skinwalkranch.com or, or something, whatever that looks like. Um, yeah, that's neat. Skinwalker. That's awesome. it, it's skinwalker-ranch.com. That's the one. Yeah, that's yep. the one. Yeah, so, it, it's, so it's there. It's being built. Uh, yeah, can't wait to see that for sure. Yeah, so, that's coming up very soon. So yeah. that's going to be exciting. And that's a place where we have the freedom to go in um, and and put whatever we feel is because we – we have complete say over what makes it on that website, mm-hmm. you know, so we can't, we can't be posting things um, in there about the television show, but as far as the investigation itself, right. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll have the freedom to, to share that. So fantastic. God, yeah. So kind of like a, a separate, like almost, I don't want to say blog. Cause I feel like that's dismissive, but like a separate place for you to like post about, the progress of the investigation and things that you, you guys are finding without using the film, without like undercutting the TV show at all. I think that's really standalone type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, really, you know, a lot of, um, we have several different types of viewers of the the show, right? There's those that just want to be entertained and they love it. And they, and, and then there's those that are really interested in the science. Right. And, and they're interested in the, the actual data that we're getting in. They're disappointed because the show doesn't dive in. I mean, if we were to show the actual like science, it's it's like watching paint dry. It's, it's like it's, science it's, is boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, Eric going through mountains and mountains of data and 
and graphing it out. And um, a lot of it is really tedious, but, but it's important. And that's the kind of data that people are looking for, right? Like, for example, when we're, when we're over at the homesteads and the, the rabbi does his chant, you see, you see those mm-hmm. um, temperature inversions take place right there in the homestead. Well, yeah. that's cool to watch. But then you got people that are saying, well, what was the degrees difference? And they're wanting like the actual data that was going on during the time, right? Like, yeah. so it was 47 degrees outside and the, the FLIR camera was saying that the temperature difference was, you know, 20 degrees and it happened in, in two minutes and 21 seconds. The actual data that scientists can take and start to do measurements with, mm-hmm. that's a lot of the stuff that we're hoping, you know, over time, we're going to be able to start putting the, the data and, and Eric's be able to put his papers on there and, and uh, more, more gearing towards, you know, the, uh, I kind of smile at the peer review because we can put it on there, but when it's an anomaly, you know, how are peers supposed to review? Exactly. You know, yeah, like, that, that was going to be my, uh, my question is like, has Eric had any of his papers or studies peer reviewed? But I mean, you just answered it right there. I mean, how, I guess, how do you do that exactly? Because yeah. what we're witnessing is is anomalous. It, it, it's you know, so I I kind of yeah. chuckle when I think about the peer review. Obviously, we put the data out there, let people read it, crunch the numbers, and and you know, ooh and off for themselves. But to try to replicate it, like, how do you? How yeah, do you yeah. Know, yeah. Right? I think about all they could do is just check the math, right? <laughs> like, right, exactly. Well, or yeah. maybe but, like take the numbers and set up an experiment in a lab to see if they could recreate similar circumstances but without that anomalous yes whatever's making it happen how do you do that you know or figuring out this is what it would take to recreate that yeah type of right. thing so um yeah so you know it'll be it'll be exciting and you know uh as we get into it and as we're able to start uh diving in we'll be able to put some of that good data on there that i know people are eager to to look over and scrutinize <laughs> that's a bait what'd you do today oh i watched uh, eric for 14 hours reading papers that's and i loved every minute of it like that sounds <laughs> there's somebody out there that likes that you know like us like you know the weirdos but uh no that that's amazing um so question with season if you don't mind like to look back on season two a little bit you know obviously you know it's wrapped it's in the bag um you guys did everything with season two. You know, you went a, a step beyond in regards to experiments, what happened. You know, you you were, you know, of course, you mentioned the rabbi, which I'm kind of curious with because I, when I saw that episode and I, I was watching it and, and, it, and that leads you into maybe something that's sinister, maybe something that's, you know, obviously you're bringing in a, a professional religious expert in to do whatever you need to do. How did that sit with you and your team? Like who's, I guess, whose decision was that? And, and what really was outcome? And did that repeat itself that maybe we didn't see on the show? Well, like a lot of our experiments, um, you know, it, it was group based, um, something that we talked about for a while. Um, uh, you guys know, like I, I have a particular interest in frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I have a firm belief that, the frequency may be the way to, to stimulate some of the stuff. Um, but really a group effort. And then, you know, Travis knew um, Rabbi Ariel and uh, mm. Rabbi Ariel had mentioned to Travis that he had that in the Jewish culture, you know, they have tonal technologies that can open portals. 
And so, of course, anybody that's claiming to open portals, you know, come on out. Let's see what you yeah, can let's do. See that. <laughs> you right? Yeah. So we bring him out, and uh, and sure enough, I mean, we have this incredible temperature uh, inversion that takes place. I don't even know if that's the right term that I'm using. I'm not the scientist here, but. Neither uh, are we, so it's okay. Yeah, we'll go with okay. it. Yeah, yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah. That works. We can uh, all be right or wrong together. <laughs> and we did repeat it, you know. So the first time that we did it, it was a pretty warm summer night. I mean, it was hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we witnessed happening when the rabbi was doing that live was a, a right in front of the homestead, uh, the homestead two opening. There was a really cold massive air that just basically i mean i guess if you draw what a portal looks like it's probably really close and we ran down there um i believe it was travis dragon and i ran down there and the incredible thing is is when we walked into we call it a little courtyard there in front of the we call it the courtyard but it's right there in front of homestead too mm-hmm. ran down in front of there and it was like walking into a deep freeze, except for the chill started from the inside out. I mean, it just, I, I don't know how to explain it other than say, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a family that delivered, like we had a grocery business. And so, you know, on a hot summer day, going into the deep freeze to get the groceries mm-hmm. and it's like 14 below zero. So it's like that instant chill. I, I'm, I know what that's like. This was mm-hmm. different. This was, we walked in, it was sudden, it was immediate. And it went, it just was like right through you. And, uh, and so that was, I mean, that was really startling to feel and to experience. So then we set the experiment up again. And this time the rabbi was not there live. We, we recorded his first uh, chanting. And the second time we played it over speakers to see what would happen. And, that particular night, if I remember right, it's 47 degrees outside. So it's cold. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's very chilly. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the opposite thing happened. Uh, you know, looking through the thermographic, you have a, a mass of warm air that appears in the exact same place as the cold air, almost exact identical behavior, um, and in the exact same spot. Now, Caleb and I were standing over on the road a little closer to the homestead. So we were, you know, there's a, there's an irrigation canal that separates where we were doing it the first time. Caleb and I came down on the road right there in front of homestead too. And we're watching kind of off to the side. I've got, I've got a set of thermographic camera uh, that I'm looking through. And in the back window of homestead two, I see what looks like a flickering, um, like a light flickering back there. Hmm. The interesting thing is, is that like, there's nothing back there that would cause that and there there wasn't even any glass in the window where i was seeing this oh okay. so right? not even a reflection like there's nothing not there's even nothing. a reflection mm. so then all of a sudden we see this flicker and we run down in there something had taken and knocked the the uh, um we'd set up a couple of um isn't there like a clock or something like that or no a thermostat oh like, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's what it was um yeah, thermostat in there, and it had been knocked off. We don't know what knocked it off. It was laying on the floor, and while we're in there, Travis comes in, and he starts looking, and he sees something out the back window go over there, and sure enough, there's like this. Uh, we, we couldn't see it 
with the um, night vision, couldn't see it with their naked eye. We could only see it with the thermographic. Okay, so what we were seeing was some type of temperature um, anomaly, but it was it was an organized mass of air, and and so in my night vision was set so that white was the hot temperature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they got different settings where right. it could be red. Well, I had white hot is the setting I had it on, so it was appearing as white through my through my glass or through my uh, lenses. So I ran out. We all started chasing it down through the field. And when we got down to the to the south side of behind Homestead 2, um, I, I was standing there and I'm looking. And, and right in front of me is a whole hedge of Russian olive trees. And so and they're appearing like they're looking pretty hot, too. Right. These, these trees are. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking and I don't see it. And I'm sitting there looking at what I thought was a Russian olive tree. And all of a sudden, it starts to move off towards the west. And I realized that this white, this white mass that was, you know, kind of, I mean, it was in the shape of kind of a tree, a bush. Mm -hmm. It just moves off, starts floating down through the trees. And we jumped the fence and ran down and Caleb and Travis chased it down a little bit further down. But whatever that like ball of warm air was, is, I, I mean, very unusual that, that it was uh, yeah what well, would say the least has that come back again i mean you you redid the experiment without the rabbi but have you did you guys try to go down that road again on on recreating or finding or seeing something that's that was similar to that event uh i'll just say stay stay tuned um you know obviously okay. when stuff like that happens those are things that we we've we've recreated it twice now right mm-hmm. i mean even though it was inverse uh, yeah, the fact like hot is, and cold. Or, st- yeah. St- still a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's still an anomaly that, you know, you, you can't yeah. figure out what's going on. It's, that's, that's amazing. It's pretty interesting that you've been able to actually, you know, recreate the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's science, you know, like mm-hmm. once you once you start recreating something, then there's something there, right? Huh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't really have any thing prolific to say about that but that's just amazing very interesting yeah um have there been any mysteries that you guys have like solved or does just the unknown just keep kind of piling up any conclusions to anything or are you still just boy hanging on to that that loose end a bit with everything you know it seems like when we get an answer it creates a hundred more questions (laughs) of course Mm -hmm. it does um so I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, yeah. When when uh, each time we record an anomaly and we get more data to it, um, it it connects one more dot, right? And it 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 rules out some things. Maybe it helps us uh, include some things. I I don't know that we can definitively say you know one way or another. Sure. Was this or that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I guess from the mystery on television, we know that you know it wasn't the Skinwalker that attacked the alpacas. We can we can put that one to bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, exactly. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, uh, if you don't mind, Tom. So we're going to return. If you can just bear with us, real quick, um, everybody, stand by. Believe in UFOs felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain 
contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, and we're back with Thomas Winterton uh, from The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, amazing. You know, you're talking about some of the things that you were able to repeat and experiment on, and I guess not really necessarily season two, but even back to season one, is there is there a certain method that you and the team are finding that are getting the most results? You know, you've done everything from uh, rockets in the sky, you know, o- over aerial views. You know, now we're, we're down, like, digging underneath the ranch, trying to find out where water's going, cav- possible caverns, whatever have you. Is there anything in your opinion that really leads more towards – uh, a solution or, uh, you know, more towards what, what's actually occurring either above or below in, in your opinion. No, <laughs> oh, it's all over the board. <laughs> Damn it. I was hoping um, you were going to say something else. I feel like that's a great I, honest answer. <laughs> right. I will say that uh, I think that our, our attention is being drawn more and more towards certain anomalies. I mean, I think from season one and season two, um, our attention is definitely definitely focused on triangle area mm-hmm. over there on the ranch. I mean, I uh, think I think we've collected enough data there to suggest that there's something uh, something about that area that's unusual. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, I I think that we've collected data to point us uh, to give us more directions to look, more places to look. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as answers, no. Yeah, is is that, and I'm, I'm, I doubt you can even comment on this, but is that where the investigation is leading in season three? Is kind of just that triangle area because I know that was pretty heavy in season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we we had a lot of focus there in season two, and I mean, we tried to get up there and take measurements with the helicopter. So, you know, I think oh, yeah. I think one of the things that's drawn our attention there is season one. We try to get those weather balloons up there. Well, season one, first we, you know, we take readings that suggest that the the signals we're picking up are triangulated to this place that's about oh, yeah. 5,000 feet above the ranch, right? And then yeah. so we put a weather balloon up, and uh, that weather balloon actually goes right up through right where we needed it to go. And and it's got this hardened GPS tracker on it that, that sends back data, and, uh, and Matt, that that put it up. I mean, he's used these many, many, many times, never had a single one fell. I mean, they're, they're really robust system and they get right up there to that 5,000 foot mark. And that's the last signal it sends out to us. Right. We never, we never find it again. Still haven't found it to this day. Hmm. Um, Then, then we try to get up there with the helicopter in season two. Uh, We, you know, when we're up there in the helicopter, we have something showing that, uh, there, there seems to be something 38 feet underneath. You know, the avionics and the helicopter are saying that something is directly underneath the helicopter. Um, Cameron hasn't had it happen before and hasn't have it, had it happen since. And, uh, you know, one thing that you don't see on the television show, you might see it actually a little bit. If, you, if you're watching, you know, Dragon and I are down on the deck. And we've got the TV out there 
and we're tracking them on the flight radar and trying to make sure that they hit the points. So when they're in the air, we're guiding them uh, from the ground so that they can make sure that they're taking the data at the exact right points. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think there's one clip on the TV show that it, you see the TV in the background and what was supposed to be just circles there because we, we had specific points they're taking. It's supposed to be a circular pattern, um, like 1,000 feet, 2,000 feet, three, yeah. four, all the way up to five, right? Well, I think there's one point on the television show. I'll have to go back and look. I can't remember for sure, but I think it cuts away. And if you look at the background, there's like squiggly marks all over the screen because what you don't see there is that this thing starts happening and Cameron starts taking some pretty evasive maneuvers to see if if there's something under there, if they could lose it. Yeah. And so you look at the screen, you can see like there's squiggle marks all over where Cameron took a lot of effort to try to do evasive maneuvers and, and lose us. And the interesting thing is, is that he would take an evasive maneuver, the helicopter, and all of a sudden the equipment would start reading that, you know, they're 4,000. Well, it just doesn't read because I think that specific instruments, just when you get close to the ground, it, it's picking up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it would go away for just like, couple seconds and then all of a sudden it would be back almost like his maneuver evaded whatever it was that was under him and then a couple seconds later it's back under and so um that was really interesting they don't show a lot of that on television but i mean he he did he radioed down told us that he's got something picking up on his equipment we're looking down there through the binoculars we're not seeing anything we can't see anything with the naked eye the flight radar is not picking up anything and yet here's helicopter saying there's some 38 feet underneath of them. He's taking evasive maneuvers. It'll disappear for a second. Then it's back under almost like they were being chased. And, uh, wow. and that's all in trying to get data right above that triangle. So wow. obviously when we've put that much effort into trying to get up to this elusive mark, um, you know, I, I can't give away anything for season three, but you can imagine that that that's definitely a, Point of interest to us as a team and trying focal. to figure yeah. out mm-hmm. why we're having so many problems getting up to that point. Now, remind us again, uh, Thomas, how long you've worked at the ranch? Like you've worked, did you, were you brought on when Brandon bought it or, or before? Um, no, I was brought on right after Brandon purchased it. So okay. the first week that he had Jim Morse come out here to the basin to figure out what's going on, mm-hmm. Jim invited me on to come do a property inspection. So okay. my first time on the ranch was, well, my first time, invited on the ranch and legally on the ranch was uh, April 2016. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> they kind of like us. It's the same thing. It's funny. Um, so I've got a question in regards to experiments and you have, you know, we talk, we're talking about the ranch, but, but, and I think we've mentioned this before on the show, we've talked amongst ourselves about, you know, the whole Utah basin in general is just kind of, it's an odd area. It's just not maintained within, fences of a 512 acre ranch right so when you're doing these experiments through season one season two the season three whatever have you have you had any of the residents surrounding the ranch come to you or come to your team going hey you know i don't know what you guys did a week ago or whatever have you but i've seen this or anything on on the outskirts of the ranch that that are occurring that you're hearing from residents or visitors or you know uh, uh tribal members that's lived there forever anything along that line at all all the time. I can't, I, I cannot go to the grocery store or, or just go through town without somebody pulling me aside and sharing 
uh, an experience. And, and I've had numerous times where people say, I don't know what you guys are doing down there, but on such and such date, this took place. And, uh, and it, it, you're right. Like, um, it, while the ranch seems to be the epicenter of this, and, and we do actually, we have some pretty good evidence to suggest that some of what's happening on the ranch is localized, uh, there on the ranch. Um, there are strange things happening throughout the entire UNO basin. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I have a ton of people. It, matter of fact, I'll tell you, um, I had a gentleman that ran into me at the Ace Hardware store and said, I've got to show you something. Starts, pulls up his phone and shows me some pretty incredible pictures of some objects up in the sky. Wow. And, uh, they're, they're not that high up off the ground either. I mean, maybe two, 300 feet off the ground. We're, we're talking really low flying objects. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the crazy thing is, is that as I get talking to him and I asked him where it was at, uh, he took those and those, they were basically just, I mean, a couple hundred feet to the north of where my house is at. Oh. So <laughs> <laughs> he starts describing the luck. area. I'm like, you mean by my house? And he's like, oh yeah, <laughs> right there, just north of your house. So they were right in the field, you know, in front of my house is like an 80 acre field and they were right above that 80 acres. So mm. um, he had, he'd filmed those. So yeah, I, all the time I'm getting pulled aside. People are showing me pictures, videos, giving me, tell me their experiences. So is there, do you think there's like a, like a culture in the Roosevelt area that kind of the general population kind of accepts this type of activity? I I know it's like heavily LDS area. So like, I don't know. It just seems like this is like skin, especially with the TV show. Like now everybody knows Skinwalker Ranch and like all this and like people stop you all the time at Ace Hardware and Mm -hmm. the grocery store. Like, is there a culture in Roosevelt where they're more open to it? Not, I don't know. Do you, I guess I, I may be phrasing or... this poorly, but like, not saying like there's just a bunch of quacks in Roosevelt, but like just people that like are really experiencing this kind of phenomenon and they're just kind of it, like, maybe it's a normal thing for them. Like, eh, yeah. Like, all right, well, that's, decades, I, I you know? saw a UFO so, again today. Like, well, it, so it's a couple of things. Um, I think, I think that anyone that I think if you could get people to be honest about what they've witnessed, that there's an extremely high percentage of people who have lived in the basin for a number of years that have seen something that caught their attention that was out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's what my question was. Yeah. This gentleman that showed me these, these craft up in the sky, he act, he actually, uh, I don't know if he still is, but he was a Mormon Bishop. Oh, wow. Right. Oh, wow. And he just, uh, he was really troubled by it. Right. He didn't. And, and he flat out told me like, he's like, I don't want you to tell people that I show this to you. Um, he didn't want people to know. And that's usually when wow. people come and talk to me, they'll tell me, you got to see this, but don't you tell anybody I told you this. And if you do, I'm going to tell them you're a liar. So that's usually before people share their experience with me, it's usually with that disclaimer is I don't want you to tell people I said this because I don't want people to think I'm crazy. And so then they share with me and some of them show me some photos. I mean, I, I was visiting with a gentleman the other day. um, and, And this brings to the second group of people is, you know, we have these cattle mutilations that take place. 
mm-hmm. that have taken place. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of these ranchers, they just, they don't even want to go there. And so who knows how many of these have taken place and they just get drug off to the corner of the field and buried. Or you don't even disregarded know. Yeah. Because, you know, the farmer is just not going to, their, their, their disposition is just don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I had to that end, I had a rancher here just a couple of weeks ago, pulled me aside and, uh, this, well-respected individual in the community holds a, holds a very good job. Um, very credible and was sharing with me. I mean, he had two calves that were mutilated and he had some pictures of this Mm. and, and so graphic in detail as to what, where they, and he showed me right where they were at and everything. I mean, there's no reason to, to doubt it. And well, he's got pictures of for crying out loud, but again, don't want it out in the open. So, uh, you know, it's hard to say how widespread it is through the basin, but judging by the number of people that all have stories and they're all like, look, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. You know, there's, yeah, yeah. there is a cultural yeah. thing there. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to share this cause I have to get off my chest and, and you're the one that, you know, it is, they know what you're doing and what you're involved in. So, you know, maybe that's their little, you know, their little escape in a way, you know, I've had the phrase used, help me make some sense of this. Oh, right. right. Like right. they're hoping that maybe we have an answer that can, sure. You know, some some rational answer that will put it to tie it up in a nice little bow and mm-hmm. just be like, ah, that's yeah. what it is. Like, oh, right. okay, okay, I'll go to work yeah. tomorrow. And feel okay about that. Right, right, exactly. That, that's got to be yeah. a tough situation to be into, especially knowing that you really can't provide that answer. You know, for these because I mean, you, you got you know, especially and and you've been through it. You know, we've talked to you in the past about some things that have directly affected you. Um, boy, it affects you emotionally and mentally. Uh, to a limit, you know, you know, I'm thinking, and then you think of all the people that haven't said anything. What about, like you said, yeah, they cattle mute, they're going to drag it off the corn. They're not going to say, you know, what's, what's that number look like? It, you know, it, it's insane. It's insane. So, yeah. Cause you know, talk, I mean, I grew up in ranching family. My, my wife's family is rancher. I mean, my father-in-law's got a, a beautiful 500 acre ranch up at the base of the mountains and runs cows and the uh, cows die all the time in ranching. That's just mm-hmm. That's just the nature of the business, right? But when you go up to them and they're missing their sex organs and their their tongues cut out, one of their eyeballs and weird stuff, you know. But but knowing these, knowing a lot of the farmers like I do, I mean, that just if anything, it spooks them a little bit and they drag it off and just shut up, don't tell anybody, mm-hmm. and maybe it just didn't happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah sometimes better to just uh, you know put it out of mind. Continue like oh, ah yeah. well nothing to see here let's exactly. let's go well, makes it a yeah. little easier you know? I mean but like, also I mean what a, a cow's worth I, I mean I have no ranching experience but I imagine a cow's worth like ten twelve thousand dollars or something or maybe not uh, that depending much. on a beef you know yeah. one yeah. fifteen hundred bucks okay but I mean if somebody took fifteen hundred bucks from me I'd I'd be, be upset about it yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah. well and and you get people like. You know, I think the cows that the Shermans were raising, when you start getting into some of these um, prized, whether where they're breeding them for their genetics, right? Mm-hmm. You get into those cows. Yeah, those are those are high priced. I mean, some fifty, seventy five, hundred thousand dollars for a cow. Absolutely. Uh, because of their genetics. So and and to my understanding, that was the kind of beef that uh, the Shermans were playing with was these high priced 
Yeah, that, and that I think that is true, and I think that's one of the reasons where he just you know, they finally just raised his hands, like, like I like I can't, you know, I can't do this. And it sounds like you know maybe that's one of the situations where themselves maybe at first when these things started occurring, uh, just you know wash it away. Let it's there's got to be an exclamation. But as you dig deeper into these things, and and it affected again the family and them. Um, they, man, you're really backed in a corner at that point. You know, I mean, what you know, what do you do? You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, I, I take my hat off. Uh, you know, I didn't know my family knew the Shermans really well. And, oh, really? uh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and hauled their cows. And of course, Gwen worked at the bank and, and, um, I mean, I've talked to so many people that knew Terry and Gwen on a, on a very personal basis. And, mm-hmm. and I've, I've only heard good things about it. You know, everybody had good things to say about them. And, uh, and so going on there, you hear the stories and you're like, man, I don't know. And now having been in the situation I am, you know, I, I feel bad for him. I really do because I, I think um, uh, I understand this, I guess is what I can say. Yeah. yeah and, and I think I, we get what you're, you know, it, it's a shame that they were into a place where they, you know, they, they, you know, they had to sell a ranch. They, they, they lost whatever profit they had on it. Um, it, it's just not a not a good situation. But at the same yeah. time, when you're done, you're done. You know. I mean, it doesn't so. seem like salt of the earth cattle ranchers just working hard, being you know small town living. Like, doesn't seem like those are the type of people trying to bring this type of attention to them to, or to their themselves. family or their property. Yeah, for sure. So well, they didn't like, make money on their ranch, mm-hmm. right? They lost money on their beef. They 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 never made any money on the ranch. They've never written any books, never done any movies. I can't find a single way that they've ever monetized anything that happened to them on that ranch. I mean, out of everybody that's profited off that ranch, those they two have, aren't one of them. <laughs> they, those two aren't one of them. So you look at it, you say, uh, for for the trauma they went through, where's the where's the reward there? There isn't any. Right. So right. you got to cross off personal gain off the list as to motivations as to why they would do that. Yeah. And and we have that a lot in this field, you know, when we interview these people, you know, they come like yourself uh, that, uh, you know, they're they're, oh, they're making, they're doing it for a, you know, show and soapbox and and whatever have you. No, you know, there's a, that's, it ruins lives. Like it has ruined lives. We've talked to abductees and other people that literally, this is the last thing they would ever want to have happen, but it happened and they just can't live with themselves unless they share those stories because it's so real to them. You know, I mean, again, you know, what do you, what do you do at that point? That's the thing is the Sherman's never even tried to share this. Yeah. Yeah. They just try to get on with their lives. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I'm sure they shared it with close family or whoever. Yeah. They, they, you know, they were sharing it and and it'd be interesting to see if they could go back, you know, what they might do different because Mm -hmm. I think they shared it with some, you know, close friends and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, people around the community that they trusted. Um, But you're right. Like they weren't, like again, they didn't go out and get any movie rights. They didn't. They to this day um, haven't written any books. We've reached out to them. They won't. They don't want anything to do with anything ranch. Gotcha. I, I was going to wonder. Mm-hmm. I, I think we may or may not have asked you this prior um, about you know whether they you know were welcome to be involved in the show or involved in the research that's current um, under Brandon. Do you know, do you have any information in the uh, owners previous to the Shermans at all? Because I, I think if I remember, they didn't they move 
back they moved down to Salt Lake, I think, once they sold it to the Shermans. Is there any background to to them and and what because they've had they had the ranch for for decades, didn't they? Prior to the Shermans, yeah. So um, you had you had Ken Myers, and then uh, and that's interesting because Ken Myers did say that things happened. We we actually have some pretty good uh, firsthand witnesses that were there with Ken when things were happening. And then you got Ken's brother, who I think is just trying to protect Ken's image, who his name was Garth, if I remember right. And Garth's out there saying, no, Ken never saw anything. Ken, you know, this is all blown up. So you've got the brother saying that it's all a bunch of hogwash and that it's all lies. Mm -hmm. But then we've got good, credible, even law enforcement. I mean, we had the gentleman come out there in season two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Okay, here's a sheriff's deputy um, that was out there. He was really good friends with Ken Myers. Oh, and, really? Wow. Uh, yeah, him and Ken, him and Ken were good friends, and uh, he, hmm. Ken, had quite a few things happen out there. So, um, for for Garth to be saying that Ken never had anything, you know, we've we've got, but we've got multiple witnesses mm -hmm. that claim that Ken did. So yeah. we tend to lean that way. Well, you got to respect it. Nothing, you know, if nothing else, or protecting family, you know, to a certain point. Yeah. So I get that. I, I totally get that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Well, and, and, and it also goes to show like two, like different personalities that there are just, you know, people in my extended family that because of their belief system, I would never share anything that's going on on the ranch mm -hmm. because they wouldn't believe it anyways. And I don't want to be ridiculed. Right. right and, right. and so you just know with certain people, you avoid certain subjects and it sounds to me like garth may have been a person that was not open to that mm -hmm. and so ken may have never shared anything with garth because you know he knew that garth would ridicule or maybe it disturbed him you, you never know but i i do know there's people in my family like i pick and choose what i tell them based on you know their belief system yeah no fair know enough your, know your crowd it's a very important that's life right. skill that's right yeah know your audience for sure um, well, we don't want to waste too much of your time. We want to get back on the, on the show a little bit. So I, I, uh, watched an interview recently with Brandon, I think it was a news interview local or whatever have you. And he was talking about season three, what's coming up, um, that he says, you know, it's going to ring a new higher level of interest about the ranch itself and, and all that. Uh, and, and again, you know, if you can't really divulge too much, but, but what, what are we looking at here on three? I know that there's some, uh, uh, things where, you know, you're doing some more drilling, you're doing some, you know, what you start out with season two, it, it, is that kind of the, the vein we're going in on, on this as far as experimenting? I mean, yeah, you can, you can tell from the trailers that history has put out that, you know, there's some drilling going on and, and some different uh, things. Look, I'm just going to tell you, um, I was excited for, I was excited for season one just because I'd never been on TV before. And I was excited <laughs> to like, you know, <laughs> That, that whole journey of like, look, right, I'm on right. TV. I was super excited and stoked for my friends to see me on TV. But then season two, um, I was really excited because I felt like we had captured some pretty, like the rabbi, mm -hmm. you know, that the whole helicopter incident. Um, yeah, it was crazy. I felt like we'd captured some pretty um, like solid, hardcore things. But season three, I'll tell you guys, like, uh, my excitement for season one, two is nothing compared to what it is for season three, because um, we captured some things in season three 
uh, I don't know how people are going to be able to argue with them. I mean, wow. Wow. Uh, you know, Dang. it's, uh, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't even wait because there, there are two specific things in particular, oh, three, four, four things. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps getting higher. <laughs> yeah. Four things. No, season three. Go on. <laughs> season three was incredible, but there's, there are four separate things that took place in season three that I know, like, there's no way they're cutting these things out. Of, I know they'll be on television based right. on what right. we captured, right? Um, and, and so I could say with confidence, those four things are definitely making the cut. And, and those four things, I, I don't know how people are going to be able to, honestly, I think people's rationale is going to be, oh, it's special effects. You guys, you guys, you know, that's Hollywood, right? you know? Right. And, uh, and yet we, we've got the evidence to back up what we captured. So I'm, I'm not too worried about that, but season three is freaking incredible what we captured i think i think it's going to change the dialogue dramatically wow wow um, interesting in, in some of these areas yeah, yeah it was it was intense uh season three was we we had a lot of things happen to wow to wow. uh yeah so well, yeah, without giving anything away, season three. I, I just can't wait. I can't yeah, no, wait. that's that's amazing. Well, no, can we just turn off the recorder and just yeah, tell just us tell everything? Tell us what happened. Yeah, Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Screw the show. Yeah. I could, and then you wouldn't see me on season four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean just just, a, and I think it not, goes with not that. saying that there is a season four. By the way, I'm not dropping. Sure, I'm just sure. saying. That actually, was one of my questions. Do you guys go season by season, or do you get signed for like? A multiple every, season, every season thing. It's, it's, uh, maybe other shows are different. I'll, I can only speak for ours. Like ours, it seems like they want to wait and see what the ratings are. Mm-hmm. And so we've yeah. been season to season. Um, and so, uh, I'm optimistic thinking, you know, after what we captured with season three, there's no way like it could end on that note. Right. So, right. but my, me saying season four is just me being optimistic. There's nothing official. They haven't said anything. Yeah. There's like, gotcha. it's just me said, basing it off of what we captured season three. I can't help but think, how would you like, how could you possibly leave it there? Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I, that, that makes me very, very excited. Uh, yeah. I, I think we're all just, you know, well, and, and so it goes without saying number one, as exciting as it is. Um, and, and again, it's a show. So, you know, you, you still have a, you know, that, that Hollywood aspect to it necessarily, but you know, for what you guys are doing, your experiments you're having, what you're involved in, um, just all amazing. And, and I think the side note to this is Thomas, just, you know, be safe. I mean, if nothing else, you know, we've know what has happened to you in the past. Um, your family, obviously, you know, you're, you're very close to this phenomena and, uh, and a lot of people have experienced things that, that have really profoundly affected them. So, um, at the end of the day, just man, keep your, keep your marbles about yourself with it for sure. So, yeah, well, I appreciate that. Uh, it is, you know, it is concerning. Uh, I I got asked, well, I've been asked several times over the last two months on, on I think, some other uh, programs I've been on, uh, you know, what the most disturbing thing is that I've seen on the ranch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to tell them that probably the thing I've lost the most sleep over uh, took place in the filming of season three. So, um wow. 
Yeah. We witnessed some things that really, uh, I know, I know for a fact, you know, we all lost sleep over trying to figure out uh, one, how that could possibly be. And two, what the implications could be because some of the implications on things that we've witnessed are really serious. So, you know, you talk about your, your, your health and safety. Well, um, it, you start witnessing things and yeah, it's a, it's a big concern. Re- repercussions for sure. Oh man. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Oh man. Well, with all that being said, um, you know, we don't want to take too much of your time. I know you're, you're traveling on your side. We want to give you the, the time to promote anything, uh, any points for the audience and anything that, you know, the, the floor is yours at this point, Thomas. Oh, well, fantastic. No, uh, actually I think I just want, I'm excited, uh, to get this website up and going. Um, I think we're really close on that. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage you know, the fan base, the audience that, that wants more behind the scenes, more in depth, uh, more of what like day-to-day stuff, uh, get to know us better, uh, be watching that website real close. That's going to, that's going to be coming up really soon. Um, and that's then, awesome. uh, awesome. and skinwalker ranchcom Yes. Don't forget the dash. Okay. So skinwalker ranchcom And then, uh, of course, uh, season three starts a week from, well, it's, it starts soon. Yeah, I think next Wednesday or Thursday, May 3rd, I believe. Yeah, so everybody, History Channel, May 3rd, uh, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch with Thomas and, and the team. And um, yeah, personally, we can't wait. You know, we're actually trying to get together. I'm, I moved out of state. We're trying to maybe to make another trip in that area uh, come the summertime, which we tend to do, um, just because it's just that whole basin is, uh, man, so many things unfolds up there. It, it's a surreal experience um, to visit, you know, for sure. So yeah. awesome. Thomas, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Thank you for taking time amongst the business trip. Uh, much appreciated as always. And, and uh, hopefully, you know, we get a chance to have you back on again. So, yeah, well, it's always fun to visit with you guys. So yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. Yeah. We'll thank you off air. If you want to hang on and everybody that was Thomas Winterman. Thanks. Uh, and yet again, he does not. Uh, he does not disappoint. Does not disappoint, does he? No, Ew. no, not at all. Man, what a cool guy to just give us three losers like the his evening to talk to <laughs> <Yeah>. us <laughs> on a business trip, no less. Like he does not need to do that. No, he. And you know what's fine? I I feel bad because like you know he gave me his cell phone number and and I'm like I really try to be. You know, you try to be sparingly with that, very sparingly, because you don't want to, hey, what are you doing on a Sunday? You know, type bullshit. He's not your best friend, but just him willing to go, hey, man, I, you know, season three is coming up. Are you willing to cut? He just, without hesitation, (laughs) nope, cool. Remind me, put me on the calendar. I love to talk to you guys. Like, it's just so cool, you know, super cool. And red, dude. Man, I'm very excited for season three. Honestly, I'm going to be honest. I kind of, just got so many other things going on in my life that I'm like trying to focus on. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I kind of forgot that season three was coming up. Yeah. And I'm ashamed that I did. Well, I'm going to have to figure out how to watch excited. it. Cause I do not have history channel yet. I think I still have the app. I need to, uh, we can talk about how to, 
how to we'll figure it out after yeah, 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 yeah we'll yeah, figure it out sure. out there for sure but um so you know as always and again sorry listeners and strangers um you know he divulged other things after the interview which you know we never record uh it's just you know it's really kind of cool because he's very very chummy with and he maybe he's with other people but i know with us it's appreciated it's respected i mean i just it's so cool um he's just such a, a down-to-earth guy that has experienced things that uh yeah. holy shit you know well and what sh- man I'm just I can't, I can't wait to see season three, but like yeah. honestly, what show? No matter what, has everything you know, like program this like yeah. They are literally getting hard data, mm-hmm. hard proof showing that there is a phenomena. Yep, yep. I mean, Absolutely. they're not proving what that phenomena is, but they are proving that there a phenomena exists. Like real which proof I think, of existence is a big step forward. I think, I think that's yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, and here's the thing too, because no one's ever been to prove that even the phenomena exists. Right. Right. Yeah. Nobody wants to put their, their neck out for that. Well, even when Brandon first initially purchased the ranch and, you know, we'd heard about the show and, you know, and everything he said, look, you know, we're observing. That's what we're doing. This is our job. He has not stopped doing that, like that team and what they're doing, you know, and even what Thomas said, you know, 1% of it gets on the show. God, yeah. think of everything else. It's all that data, all that stuff that Eric and team's going through. It's just, it's mind blowing. You know, you I'm going to be bookmarking skinwalker-ranch.com and yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to sure. be checking that pretty much daily. Yeah. Yeah. I Like I said, I popped up live. on Google today and I was like, oh, awesome. And then I clicked on it and it's, not, but uh, it sounds like it's almost there. So it's a good thing. Um, it, it's good. If that's what they're going to funnel this other data to and some of the things, you know, uh, other than the show, I, it's fantastic. I mean, I, I, I mean, that, that's just nothing but transparency. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, but anyway, no, that's so cool. Um, so awesome. I, I don't, you know, again, Thomas, if you're listening to the show, which, you know, probably don't have time to, but yeah, I just want to say thank you again off air, um, to make sure that, uh, you know, we, we got you on for sure. Um, definitely fans, definitely fans. We're definitely trying Absolutely. to make it through there. So yeah, I'm super excited for season three. I want to know what those, uh, things that, that he said would for sure make it are, I'm, I'm going to be like. I'm glad I don't have his cell phone number because I'd be like texting him every episode. Is that like a girl, like a 12 year old teenager? Is that the thing you were talking about? Um, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Uh, Yeah. It's amazing. I I can't really think of much else to say about about that. No, it's just cool. It's just cool. Just stoked. And yep. Yep. 100%. Um, so listeners, you know, let us know on your side, like what you think, you know, and if you have not watched season one, season two, if you really maybe a new uh, dipping your toes wet for uh, Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch, do it, watch it. You know, we want to know your opinion because it's, it's really amazing. Um, and then let us know, you know, if you have any questions around that, whatever have you, you know, you can write us to sternjunkles at gmail.com. You can call us 801 252 yeah, forty-five. Let us know. Um, we'd love to hear from you, especially with uh, stuff like that, because you know it, it's well. It used to be my backyard, but now it's your guys' backyard. You know, two and a half hours out of out of Salt Lake, and bam, you're there. You know, just surreal for sure. So, um, let us know. Uh, we do have a couple original write-ups coming up. We do have a couple guests lined up uh, for sure. I will be back seeing at least one of you guys uh, the week of May, the first week, second week of May. Um, so hopefully we can get together and do that. It'd be nice to, to be back in Salt Lake city again. And, uh, I don't know, you know, if you guys have nothing else, uh, guess we can close the gates on this one. Yeah. See, si, senor. Close the gates.